Welcome to season three of the Jada Edwards podcast. You'll get a little bit of Bible teaching, some great stories, and some great interviews along the way. All right, so Jada. Okay. It's really heavy in the media right now. Mm. It's a lot of things about suicide and just people not having hope in this moment. So what are your thoughts on it? What's your advice to the people who are watching it and might be going through it behind the scenes? Ooh, that is such a loaded question. It's it's interesting you bringing that up because I have followed uh, the the death of a really well known um, dancer recently, and I think it's it's blown me away to watch how people have been shocked right. by it because there's a spiritual part of your mind where you're like the world is dark, yeah. horrible things are gonna happen until Jesus comes right, back, and so right. you can kind of feel detached. But when I see people respond the way they have, I'm like, yeah, this is still really heavy for people. Yeah. The most interesting or consistent response I've seen from people is that I was just with you last week. I just talked to you two days ago or them being so surprised by how recent they had interacted with yes. this person or what this person's social media was reflecting. And <clears throat> it's just that reminder that, you know, happiness, this external look of it is right. not the same as hope. Right. You know, I can be happy in a moment. You know, you can you can lose a loved one, lose your mother, father, sister. And in the next week, someone crack a joke, make you laugh. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. it's a reaction. Right. But that doesn't mean in your soul that you're content and you're joyful. And so this idea has really, uh, everything sends me back to the scripture. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, okay, God, I know you have an answer for this. I know humanity has not come up with something that God didn't have an answer for. And so I think the really big thing is that our hope, number one, we don't really understand what hope is. Yeah. I think cultures, we equate that with like a wish. You know, and we use it so broadly that it has so much nuance. Right. Yeah. I hope my pizza is good. I hope I get this job. Um, I hope my pregnancy goes well. Mm-hmm. I hope my relationship is healthy. I hope my loved one is healed. Mm-hmm. Like it just it runs the gamut. And so figuring out what it means and, you know, scripture tells us that. And it really boils down to two things. Number one, the source of your hope. And number two, the object of your hope. Yeah. Like what are you deeply desiring and who or what do you think is going to deliver it? The desire, the level of desire is different for pizza than healing. So right. that, that is an indicator. And the delivery of it, who, who can guarantee this? All of us have some kind of desire. It's the delivery part right. that gets us in trouble. Yeah. And so uh, I have really been thinking about various verses in the book of Psalms that talk about where we put our hope, um, that our hope is in God and that our hope is from God. He's the God of hope. And it really means to have an expectation not a wish, not right. a wonder, not a fingers crossed, but there is something anchoring about having a hope in God. And man, I've been prayerful about how to communicate that as needed. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I need to get on a platform every time and, and speak to something happening, but communicate that in a genuine way that doesn't sound cliche. Yeah. Where people, I'm like, no, for real, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So how do you navigate though? Like having the hope in God with your desires, but you still have that drive, that ambition, that culture set. How do you navigate between the two and know when you're getting too far into the expectation and it's anchored to your identity pretty much? Uh, Yeah. Okay. So that's interesting because the hope is not in the stuff. Like the expectation can only be in God. That's what makes you up. So most of the time we are hoping in the thing and God is like a side thing. I hope that this relationship works out. God, will you help my hope in this relationship? And God is like, no, I'm not here to help your hope. I am your hope. Hope That's in me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to assist your hope yes. in your career. Yeah. I want you to hope in me. So regardless of what your career does, 
which can change, mm-hmm. I won't change. Right? He's the unchanging, immutable, same yesterday, today, and forever, all right. that good stuff. Right. He's like, I'm not changing. Why Why would you anchor to something that's going to shift, right? No ship does that. Mm-hmm. Every ship, every vessel anchors to the ground right. or to an immovable deck, something. No one's like, anchoring that algae over there. Tie, <laughs> let's put our yeah. anchor in this grass <laughs> yeah. and see how it goes. You know, it's not that. So I think we get confused because we really have a hope that's in something other than God. Mm-hmm. And we want God to come along and assist our hope. That's so rather than be our that's hope. That's so good. I mean, that's that's a difference. Because yes. Psalm says, in the Psalms, if you read through Psalm 33, Psalm 119, the, the writer is saying, my hope is in you. As a matter of fact, the only other things really mentioned that we hope in mm-hmm. are the steadfast love of God, for God is love, yeah, and uh, the word and the rules of God. Psalm 119 is like, my hope is in your rules. I find hope in your word. Mm-hmm. Like, because... The word is God, right? Jesus is the word, word made flesh. All those things start to really intermingle. And so there's not anything saying I'm hoping in good circumstances. Yeah. And it's not because God's not a provider, but but no one even says I hope in your provision. I hope in your protection. These are things that God does faithfully. But the provision of God is not even the guarantee as the character of God. Because mm-hmm. God is going to decide when he provides and right. how he provides. And it's right. probably not going to be what you want, like the way you want it. <laughs> yeah, why? You're like, wait a minute. So I think that's the big, that's the big misconception that my, my deepest soul satisfaction is not in God. Mm-hmm. And that's not to be a personal indictment. Yeah. I don't know that, I don't live every day with my deepest soul satisfaction being in God. Mm-hmm. But here's what I know for a fact. When that, when that discontent starts to seep in and become so deep, 100% of the time, I am looking to be satisfied in something else yeah. besides God. Yeah. Because my, my marriage, when it's hard, parenting when it's hard, when my health is not right, when my finances aren't right, when my relationships are hard, those things sh- bring disappointment, mm-hmm. um, even disruption, but they should not like redefine my soul's satisfaction. Right. And every there has not been a time where I've been like, I'm I'm unhappy in life and I'm anchored to God. But it's not possible. Mm-hmm. You cannot be deeply anchored to finding my hope and my satisfaction in God and trusting that God is going to bring what he wants to bring. Yeah. Um and then and then be in a place of hopelessness. Yes. It's not possible. Yeah. yeah. And it sounds good like hearing oh have hope in God, but practically how do you apply that? Cuz when yeah. you're in that dark space it's just words that you're yeah. hearing. You can scroll past a clip on Instagram. You're like, "Ooh, that was good." Yeah. But what's the takeaway and the action for somebody who is in that dark space to truly have hope in God? Well, one of the things I think you can't hope in what you don't know, and so you got to educate yourself. Mm-hmm. There's this whole Bible. God is like, I haven't added. There's been no amendments. <laughs> right. Unlike the Constitution, unlike every other country <laughs> in the world, my stuff is good. It stands, yeah. and so, and it, it tells you about me. It's really not, oh, here's your key to a better life. Mm-hmm. Or here's how to be moral. Here's how you know me. Yeah. And man, when I when I am struggling, even when my I'm realizing my hope is in something good, you know, I could be hoping that I deliver a good message, mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that church goes yeah. well or ministry or whatever. Um, I have to play the movie forward, play it out. My husband says this all mm-hmm. the time. And then compare it to God's promise. Yeah. Okay. So let's say the worst case scenario happens in uh, my kid and I'm worried about them with school. Mm-hmm. Worried about my kid's health. Something really heavy. What if I play it out? They get ill. We spend all of our money. We're drained. We're tired. What if the Lord takes my child to heaven? Yeah. 
What I mean, that's yeah. I can't even hardly, I can't even talk about it lightly. Right. But if I play that all the way out, in order to stay hopeless, I have to say, God taking my child is more important than God Himself. Oh. You have oh. to you have yeah. to come to that conclusion. Otherwise, you're going to have to wrestle internally and say, if this thing goes to the worst case scenario, is God yeah. still good? Is he still my greater hope? Yeah. And so what happens is, is the enemy uh, wants you to play the worst case scenario forward, but not think about God's yeah. character. This could, you could, your marriage could get a divorce. Right. You could die. Your child could die. Um, you could lose all your money. Mm-hmm. You may never get this job. You may always struggle with this. You may never marry. You may never get pregnant. You you may never find forgiveness. Mm-hmm. He wants you to play it all the way out there in isolation. Yeah. He don't want you then yeah. compare that to the character of God because it can't stand. Because you're talking about a savior who was facing a cross. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't that he took lightly the cross. This is the, the the scripture talks about like sweating blood, like the heaviness. He was like his humanity was looking for a different way. Yeah. Even though his deity knew what had to happen, still the human part of Jesus knew um, that he would not prefer that way. But that let your will be done. That is not a cliche. <laughs> yes. That is a God. That is God. I have played out the worst case scenario. I know how this thing might end. The crucifixion was a certainty. But for us, we don't know. But if we play out the worst case scenario, mm-hmm. When I stand it up against God, he's greater. Oh, my God. Like, anybody trying to do that? Right. I'm like, God, I want you to be great and bless me. Yeah, no. <laughs> Give me all. Can and you be great and not bless yeah. In the best case scenario, yes. can you be great? Yes. And that's the hardest thing. So when I'm having really hard moments, when it's easy to slip into, even if it's not some diagnosable type of, you know, mental unhealth, mm-hmm. um, which... I don't even like giving stuff labels because I know it's real. I know that field is out there. I have had moments where you can slip into, you know, just dark places or get in your head mm-hmm. where you just are mad about something that hasn't happened yet. You think yeah. about hypotheticals. Exactly. You stressed exactly. about stuff that hasn't happened. Exactly. Like, what if? I'm getting worked up over possibilities. <laughs> and God is like, wait a minute. So you can hope in anxiety. Ooh. That's what that's what anxiety is. You're okay. getting worked up yeah. over possible things. Ooh, even if you had a past experience that says this might happen. Right. You you might fail. You might get in a car accident. I had a past experience, but the anxiety when I get in my car after I've had a car accident is not just remembering my past. Yeah. It's expecting it to happen again. Yes. So we know how to expect. We know how to have expectation. Oh, God is like, can God. you make that be in me? Because yes. because because in, in dark places or stressed places, you're expecting something. Mm-hmm. You're expecting that you're going to fail or that you're not going to be enough or that you're not. Wor- you do have a hope in something. Yeah. So it's not that we're ever truly hopeless. It's just that we're we are anchored in changing things. Right. And God is saying, hope in me. I, I am not going to change. And I'm saying that is not an easy, I wake up one day hoping in God. Right. I love God. I'm still learning about God. My love for God is still growing. And every day, throughout the day, mm-hmm. I have to make that decision. Yeah. When I feel that anxiety rising or when I feel despair kind of creeping in, like, this is not going to work. Yeah. And God is like, what if it doesn't? Right. I mean, one of my chop liver. Right. Like, what if it doesn't? And it's, that is, that takes time. That takes minutes, moments, sometimes a day or two for me to sit and go, this could not work out. Mm -hmm. Um, I may have to do this thing, not feeling confident. Um, I may have to say yes. I may have to be around a person 
and the conflict is not resolved. Yeah. I have to be around a person who's harmed me and I'm not sure how to protect myself. This could go badly. Mm -hmm. And every time God starts bringing up the stories of the Savior. He's like, yeah, my yeah. son sat at a table who he knew was going to harm him too. But my call was greater. Yeah. And he didn't feel the need in the moment to try to protect. He wasn't trying to, he didn't even ask me to change Judas's plan. He was right. like, I already know how that's going to happen. Yeah. But God is greater. My hope is in the Lord. And so um, hope in God's love, his steadfast love, which Psalms 33 says, man, that covers every relational issue. When you don't feel loved, when someone hasn't loved you, when you're not loving yourself, God steadfast, meaning never fading, never changing, right. never expiring love. Um, and it's not just an emotion because God is love. So it's basically hoping in God mm -hmm. and who his character is. And that is something that I will say this. It's so powerful when you get it because it moves beyond a cliche into something that you literally are clinging mm -hmm. to. And unlike the ship example that I gave earlier, whose anchor is external. Yeah. The believer's anchor is internal. Yes. It's an anchor within. Yes. And so it, you may look like a lot of ships in the sea. When the storm comes, why are these rocking yes. and yours is stable? Because yes. it's an anchor within. And Jesus said, even in John, he said, I'm going to give you living, living water flowing from the inside. The Holy Spirit, you know, he's going to indwell. And so we have this anchor. It's internal, you know, but we have to, we have to remember it's there. And mm -hmm. a lot of it comes, I think, from knowledge, growing in God's word, and stopping to give pause before the emotion and the feeling causes us to drift. Yeah. That's really what yeah. it is. A lot of the storms we counter are inside. <laughs> yes. I mean, really. Um, give pause and say, okay, God, how can I practically, truly, authentically re-anchor? Mm -hmm. I need to, like, recalibrate. Yeah. Because when I'm feeling this way, I guarantee I have placed the outcome of something over the value right. of who God is in my life. Right. That is so good. Girl, it's rough. So good. That struggle. Yes. It's hard. It really is hard. And I, I think, you know, for a lot of people, and people can, can we can attribute things to what we're wrestling mm -hmm. with, right? People will say social media. We're exposed to too much information. You know, the way our kids are growing up, uh, affluence. Yeah. Um, lots of pain happening in our culture, pain happening globally, politics. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many things that, that, can attribute to that. But if you look throughout history, these are not new things, mm -hmm. right? There's always been oppression and hard times and evil and greed and um, illness and our personal personal things, yeah. financial hardships, uh, illness, death, those things have not changed. Mm -hmm. And so the word of God says, I know that life will happen. Um, life is meant to be unstable. Right. That's why it's temporary. Right. Life with God is eternal. And it's like there's these choices we're making all the time to, to put a hope in something that's not stable. Mm -hmm. And when people say, <laughs> believe in yourself, you know, <laughs> hope in yourself, I'll be like, Tell yourself why? Right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I am not right every yes. day. The people I love the most don't get a consistent jig exactly. every day. The exactly. people I love the deepest <laughs> yes. do not get a consistent version of me every day. Mm -hmm. I don't respond with patience to every situation. Right. Kindness. I, I don't have, why? I cannot anchor in myself. Look. What right. in the world? Yes. I need I need something bigger than me. Mm -hmm. And for the believer, it's bigger, but it's also within me. Yeah. And so that, that takes time. That yes. takes time to get... To either sometimes you got to be alone to do it. Sometimes you need community. 
Um, but yeah, that internal anchor, you mm-hmm. have to like realign and say, hold on. I, I want this to happen and I could feel deeply about it, mm-hmm. but it, it can't be like the source of my soul satisfaction. Yeah. So yeah. as a leader, you have multiple church campuses, leader at work, you have ministries under you. How can you encourage somebody who's a counselor with people they have to pour into, teacher with students who are going through hopelessness? How do you encourage them to pour into them, but then also to remain whole within themselves so mm-hmm. that they're not overwhelmed with all that's going on? <clears throat> yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I, it's going to sound like a broken record, but <laughs> the, the, the challenge is if you're not sure that person is a believer. And so I, I pray all the time. I'm like, God, if there's, that's why I'm careful about just posting, you know, set your hope in the Lord. I'm like, that doesn't register with everybody. Right. right? I tried that. And that's because they, they have some version of God or maybe their experience wasn't great. I'm like, I'm not trying to cast that, you know, throw that broad net over everyone. But number one, asking, okay, how do I approach this person and start to gradually bring them into truth? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Jesus wasn't walking around to the crowds talking about, let's pull out the Old Testament scrolls. <laughs> yes. He did that in the synagogue. Yeah. People who was already in church. Mm-hmm. On, on the mountain, he was like, let me tell you about fish and bread. Right. Let me tell you about sowing seeds in the <laughs> yes. kingdom. Let me tell you about soil. Mm-hmm. Blessed are those who are yes. merciful. Real plain language. Yeah. And so I think asking, number one, who's my audience? You know, especially... Not especially, but like for Christian counselors, you know, they don't know all the time who they're talking to. And so what's my audience? How do I start to get truth into this person, Mm -hmm. exposing the truth, even if I'm not sure? Um, But if you know they're a believer, real practical questions, I think, just asking, like, what's the source of whatever? Mm -hmm. This feeling, this emotion, this fear, this anxiety, this withdrawal, because that takes time getting to it. And I think we skip that. We we run so quickly to God is good, God is able, yeah. that it you have to unpack the fact that I am fearful that my marriage is going to always be mediocre. We're never going to divorce. We won't really like each other. Mm-hmm. We will just have been married 40 years with grown kids and a big house, and my life will be blah. Yeah. Like it once you lay that out, then God can be like, okay, right. Let's talk about right. that. Because you can't just be like, I'm having a hard day. Every day's hard. <laughs> so I, I'm fearful that my child, you know, won't ever choose choose God. Yeah. I'm fearful that the mistakes I made when I was younger did not bring my child into a knowledge of Jesus Christ. And now they won't ever choose. Mm-hmm. I'm fearful that this disease won't kill me and God won't heal me. I'm just going to have it for the next 20 years. Right. Like, right. there's the real things that you're trying to figure out, what do I do with that? Mm-hmm. But I think the more specific we can invite people to be it acknowledges what they're feeling yeah. it's real and it gives them something real specific to stand against right. the character of god right. then then when someone says hey god hasn't given us a spirit of fear mm-hmm. doesn't mean we've never experienced fear yeah he hasn't given us spirit yeah. of it right um then when someone says that that god loves your children more than more than you mm-hmm. do you know when someone says i have a uh, that god is faithful and able to sustain Sometimes he takes the thorn. Sometimes mm-hmm. he gives sufficient grace with the thorn. Right. You know, then we can come, then God can give us things that really speak meaningfully. You know, that doesn't mean that, you know, you can't just throw a scripture out there and God's good. Uh-huh. But I think the more you let people explore the root of those things, yeah. more you have more specific truth that, that can really minister to yeah. you. Um, and then when you lead on people, you better go be with God. Because <laughs> Jesus was like, listen. I got to go be with God. <laughs> yes. 
And, and here's what's funny. Like, I talk about this story before. Matthew Matthew 14 and 15, he, he healed him, feeding 5,000, and John the Baptist had just died. I know he like, can I just go be me? Right. John John didn't just get shot. He got beheaded. Yes. You know, so he's like, that was yes. my boy. You know, so. But then, here come the people. Right. Sick, need stuff, right. hungry. Right. And then it's like miracle after miracle after miracle. He tries again to go away. And the disciples are like, oh, Lord, it storms on the water. He's like, okay, I'm on my way. Yes. And um, it wasn't until much later that he actually had time to withdraw and pray. So God gives you grace, mm-hmm. you know, when when those ministry moments seem to keep coming. But if we see a pattern that Jesus, who was fully God and was fully man, yeah. um, is fully God, was fully man, all that, is, is, whatever tense you want to use to get, get the fullness of mm-hmm. it, um, saw times where he needed to withdraw and be alone. How much more yeah. do we, you know? Um I tend to pause after I've met with people, you know, and just be like, okay, God, I want to pray that whatever I said came out right, mm-hmm. landed right, <laughs> and let's just, I thank you. And right. what, and and let me just reconnect with you because sometimes even just for a few minutes after teaching or you praying with a friend mm-hmm. or having a conversation, because you, you get off the phone or finish, you're like, whew. Right. I need a nap. <laughs> right, right, right. And guess what's happening? And most of us might not want to admit it. Sometimes it's right after we've poured out, right after we've ministered, that we're most susceptible to the enemy. Because yes. now we feel like I just need to feel better. Mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm going to go do this, this activity, watch this. Right. Think that some foolishness will come yes. up sometimes right after we have poured out because we're not sitting to, to say, God, right. feel, feel what just left mm-hmm. me because I'm not Jesus. So when stuff leaves me, I don't self-replenish. Right. <laughs> like right. I got to get, you know, I have to constantly ask God to feel. And so... You know, that's kind of a long answer, but letting people explore until they feel concrete in what their fears mm-hmm. are and then giving specific truth. And then for the person who's doing the pouring, just being mindful of yeah. how you replenish after you've given and poured out. I so, love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, my hope is built. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when you start knowing for real, it's so funny how you grow up. Well, I grew up in church listening to some of these hymns. I'd be like, okay, my hope. Oh, it hit real and different. Just, Look, <laughs> when your hope has yes. been built on some shaky foolishness, yes. and you're like, you know what? This song is hidden. <laughs> I don't need to remix. Just lay okay. right, and they're like, is she on? Right, she on the ground. Christ <laughs> the Son. We sing this every week. Every yes. week, and that I'm yes. gonna tell you, it will hit different. But this thing is resonating with me so deeply mm-hmm. because I really think, I mean. That love is the primary message of the Bible, but hope is so woven into that. Yeah. And then right now, you know, when we think about Christmas and Easter, like our big celebration, it's hope. Yes. It's hope. It's God saying, hold on. Right. I got you. More is coming. Expect, expect, expect. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think, man, if we learn to shift our expectations, because we all expect something. Right. Most of the time we're expecting bad things or negative things, or we're expecting that if the thing we want doesn't happen, it's going to be horrible. Yeah. Like there's some all twisted thing in that. And God is saying, no, just anchor that in something that you know is not changing. Right. And if you anchored in me, you know, it's like my son coming in and talking about, uh, what's for dinner? Food. Every time. You will be fed. I promise you, <laughs> there will be food on yeah. your plate. So stay with me and you're going to eat. Mm-hmm. The menu might change. Right. I might not give you your favorite. You're not going to be hungry. Mm-hmm. So if he anchor, it's going to be good for you. Mm -hmm. Don't anchor and that you're going to get spaghetti and pasta. Right. 
because when you don't have it, you're going to be disappointed and you won't miss the gratitude for the blessing that you have food. Yes. Anchor yourself in the one that's going to provide the food. I got you. And then when you get older, you miss food. It'd be nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Love it. Yes. Yada, can you say a prayer? Just to yeah. cover up some time and what's going on right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Father, I'm so grateful, first of all, for your word. Your word that is ready for every scenario that this crazy life throws at us. And I pray right now for anybody who's experiencing just a deep despair in their soul. Or maybe someone is close to them and they're not even sure of what to say. God, would you let your truth just resonate with them in in the way that you see fit. You know how to speak specific truth to every person who ever picks up your word, whoever stops to pray. I just thank you, God, for your faithfulness and that you are the God of hope, that you are the God of hope. And that Romans says, you don't want us to just have a measure of hope or occasional hope or seasonal hope. You want our hope to abound. You want it to overflow, be plentiful, Meaning that my hope is so full that I can come alongside my brother or sister whose hope might be low and together we can replenish because your hope is so good. It's more than what any one of us needs individually. It's just more over and above. And so I just pray, God, that you would help us to find ways to realign with that internal anchor. Give us clarity about uh, maybe the things that we're hoping in that are not you. Even if they're good things, they are not God. Um, Give us that clarity and um, help us to find a deep, true, lasting hope that goes beyond happiness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure to leave a comment, leave a review, share, subscribe, all the things, and we'll catch you next time.